bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's Word. As we celebrate the resurrection of Christ, I want to bring you a word that I believe will help you to understand what this whole thing means and how we can appropriate the blessing of the resurrection for ourselves. My message is simply titled, It is finished. It is finished. Why don't you announce that to somebody and tell them, it is finished. Say to somebody else, it is finished. Amen. These were words that Jesus spoke on the cross on Good Friday, but they have relevance to Easter and to today because when he said it is finished, he was not talking about the events of the day. He was talking far more beyond the events of the day. Turn with me in your Bibles to John's Gospel, chapter 19, and we will read verse 28 to verse number 13. John chapter 19, 28 to 30. And let's hear the reading of God's word. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on hyssop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. These were the last words of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. It is finished. Jesus did not say, I am finished. If he was talking about just the finality of death, he would have said, I am finished. That means I'm dead. But he didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. And we are going to consider the implication of that statement that Jesus made. Because he was not just talking about himself. He was talking more than, to more than just about what he was doing or what had happened uh, to him by the crucifixion of the Romans. In the Greek language, and as you know, the New Testament of the Bible was written in Greek. And uh, we have the English translation. So the Greek word that is translated, it is finished, is tetelestai. Tetelestai in Greek is a very heavy word that is compounded with so many meanings. 
It means to bring to an end. It means to complete. It means to fulfill. So when somebody said tetelestai, which is the word that Jesus used, it is finished. He's talking about bringing something to an end, completing something, or fulfilling it. It was used on several occasions to describe different circumstances. It was used to describe a situation when a servant has been assigned a task and he has finished the task and he comes to his master and he wants to tell the master, I have completed the work you assigned for me. The servant will say, Tetelestai. That means I have finished the work you gave me. So when Jesus said, it is finished, he had that also in mind that there was a task, there was a work that was given to him and he had finished the work, Tetelestai. Secondly, that word was also used when a person owed taxes and he went to pay his taxes. He received a receipt and on the receipt will be the word Tetelestai. It simply means that a debt that is owed has been fully settled. As a matter of fact, when you went to buy something from a merchant and you have finished paying all the amount for the purchase of the item that you desired, you will be giving a receipt with the imprint, Tetelestai. It is finished. The debt has been paid. So when Jesus said it is finished, he was not just talking about finishing an assignment. In addition to that, he was also talking about paying a debt. Something that was owed had been paid. Tetelestai. Thirdly, Tetelestai was also used in the temple. After a priest in the temple, and you know, under the Jewish law, they had to make sacrifices. And there were specific requirements for the sacrifice. The lamb had to be sacrificed. It had to be without blemish. It had to be without spot. And so if you wanted to make a sacrifice in the temple, you would take your lamb, your sheep, to the temple. For it to be accepted as worthy to be sacrificed, the priest has to inspect the lamb. He has to look at the color, whether there is no spot on it. He has to look at all the parts to make sure that no part is broken and it's not an inferior sacrifice. And when the priest was sure that this lamb has fulfilled all the required standards, the priest will pronounce tetelestai, simply meaning it has met the standards. It has fulfilled the just requirement. So when Jesus said, it is finished, he also meant that the standards have been met. The requirements have been met. Whatever God was looking for has been fully met. It is finished means 
the task has been accomplished, the debt has been paid, and the standards have been met. So when Jesus hung on the cross and he pronounced, it is finished, those were the implications of what he said. He was referring to his assignment. He was referring to a debt that had been paid and he was referring to a requirement that has been met. The life of Jesus Christ was not for himself. In many ways we can say Jesus was a great man and it's good to say he was a great man. He was a great leader and that is true. He was a great teacher. That is true. Some people even say he was a revolutionary. That is true. Some people say he was a, a kind man. That is true. But Jesus was more than a good man. He was more than a good teacher. He was more than a kind man. He was more than a revolutionary. He was a savior and still is the savior of the world. And if you know him only as a great teacher and as a revolutionary or as a good man, you are limiting what he meant. When Jesus said, it is finished, he was not speaking as a great teacher. What was finished? He was not speaking as a revolutionary. What was finished? When Jesus said, it is finished, he was speaking as a savior and as a redeemer. And today, there are people who know Jesus in many ways. Some know him as a good man. Some even call themselves Christian, but if you ask, who is Jesus? They'll say, well, he's, he's, an, he's a good man. I try to follow his teachings. And it's good to follow the teachings of Jesus. But salvation does not come by following the teachings of Jesus. Salvation comes by accepting him as savior. If you miss that point, and you don't accept Jesus as Savior, then everything he did is meaningless to you. Because when he said, it is finished, he was not talking as a philosopher, as a teacher, or as a good man. He was talking as a Savior who has come on an assignment, has finished the assignment, who has paid a price, and who has met the requirements of his Father. And today, if you don't know him as Savior, I trust that before the service is over, you will come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Because we can talk about all the things about Easter. We can talk about all the benefits of Easter. That we can also rise because Jesus rise. We can say we can face tomorrow. We can say there is hope for tomorrow because Jesus rose again. But all of that is secondary. The primary reason Jesus died is to save us from sin. And if you don't receive that benefit, then all the other benefits are useless to you. So if you are here this morning and you don't know Jesus as Savior, I trust that you would have an encounter with him and you would know him as Lord and Savior. When Jesus said it is finished, it was both a statement of fact and a statement of faith. It was a statement of faith because in a sense, there was a lot to be done. He had not resurrected yet, but he had pronounced the end result on the cross he said it was finished, although he was yet to die, he was yet to uh, 
to pay for the sins of mankind, and he was yet to resurrect from the dead. But he declared the end from the beginning. It was a statement of faith. Jesus saw the end of his mission before the end occurred. He finished his work before his work was finished. So I'm going to give you five important implications of the finished work of Christ. And these are very important. The first one is that Jesus, in saying it is finished, fulfilled the law and the prophets. He fulfilled the law and the prophets. Now, why is that important? You're going to find out that everything that God expected to be done by the Savior, he had stated it in the Old Testament, in the law and the prophets. Prophets had declared it, and the Old Testament ceremonies had foreshadowed it. In Luke chapter 24, verse 44 to 48, we hear the words of Jesus Christ himself when he said, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. This is when Jesus Christ had resurrected from the dead and uh, uh, he, he, his disciples were not too sure whether he had resurrected. Two disciples of Jesus were going on the road to Emmaus and uh, they were confused about all that had happened and a third person joined them and asked, what are you talking about? They said, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Don't you know what has happened? The third person said, what, what is it? He says, well, it's about a man called Jesus of Nazareth, good man, you know, we followed him, did many miracles. We, th we actually thought he was going to be the savior, but somehow things didn't work out that way. And, and he was crucified a couple of days ago, but strange news. Just yesterday, some of the uh, ladies went to the tomb and they said the guy was risen. And we're not sure. Some people say they've stolen his body and some say he's risen. And they're telling Jesus all of this. And so Jesus begins to talk to them and, and something is happening to them. Their heart is burning. They feel something, but they can't come to the reality because the reality was too shocking for them. And so they go home uh, and... and uh, and they, Jesus began to break bread. And instantly, they recognized who he was. But this is something Jesus said to them about his mission, th those two men. He said, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which was written in the law of Moses and the prophets, and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these Things I like the phrase, thus it was written and thus it was necessary. You know, you can draw many analogies from the life of Jesus Christ. People, when 
uh, people would use Jesus Christ in, 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 in a sense, figuratively and say, you know, it's like the way people uh, crucify Jesus because when you tell the truth, you also be crucified. Well, people didn't just crucify Jesus. Jesus wanted to be crucified. Had to be crucified because that was what the law said. That is what God has said. He had to die. He had to be crucified. He had to raise to be raised from the dead. So he was not taken by surprise. And for your information, Jesus was not murdered. They couldn't kill him. The Bible says after he has said it is finished, his head didn't drop. When people die, their head dropped involuntarily. But the Bible says he bowed down his head, dignified, and gave up the ghost. It was a choice. It was willful. Jesus decided his exact hour of death. It wasn't because the people had power to kill him, but it was because he knew I had come for this purpose, and this is the price I must pay for this to be accomplished. And everything Jesus did, he did it to fulfill the scriptures. And many times when you look at the life of Jesus, you will find, and, and this he did that it might be fulfilled. This he did that it might be fulfilled. Even when he said, I thirst, he was not just saying that because he was thirsty. He was saying that because it was required for the Messiah on the crucifixion to say, I thirst. When he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was quoting scripture. He was not just Making up words, you know, just say, oh, my God, my God, why has that forsaken me? No, everything he did, from the way he celebrated the Lost Supper, from the way he was crucified, the amount of money that was used to purchase his crucifixion had all been declared. The kinds of judgment seats he was going to sit before had been declared. How he will be crucified had been declared. The people who will be on his side had all been planned out. So somebody had to go and steal and be caught and be crucified because he had to be crucified between two thieves. Everything was choreographed from heaven. It was God acting out his purposes. Jesus did not just come taken by events, overtaken by surprises, things happening he had no clue of. Everything that happened had been prophesied and he went step by step, step by step, step by step, step by step, fulfilling every little bit. And when he had fulfilled it all, he says, ah, tell it, test the lie. I have finished. I have finished. He had finished. He had fulfilled the law from the beginning to the end. Jesus was not shocked by his death. He predicted his own death. He predicted the number of days you die. He predicted the day when he will resurrect. Can you tell me this person was overtaken by events? No. He knew what he was doing. And all this was so that the law and the prophets will be fulfilled. I am yet to meet any human being who can predict how he will die and decide when he dies? Have you met any human being who, 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 who decides 
the day he's the moment he's going to die and say it is finished and dies right there no you can say it is finished and you have 24 more hours to go but jesus knew it prophesied it declared it fulfilled every scripture it was necessary for him to go through that secondly not only did he fulfill all the requirements of the law Jesus fully paid the penalty for our sin he paid it completely he didn't pay it partially he didn't just pay part of our sin and leave another part to be paid later on when Jesus says tetelestai he meant there is a price to be paid. There is a price to be paid. Some amount was owed. You ask yourself, so what was the price to be paid? Well, if you go to Genesis, you find the price. God created man in his own image, put him in the garden, said to him, do my will, fulfill my will, don't touch that. The day you touch it, you surely die. Touched it, and death came. And when God said you surely die, he was not talking just about physical death. Physical death is the easy part. It was eternal death. Sin entered, and man was going to be eternally separated from God. God had to find a way of resolving that problem. That was the debt to be paid. And Jesus Christ came to pay that price. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebill, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebill. Email otebill at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.